Thank you very much, Savannah Pierce, doing the news today. And Jeffrey Forche, the normal producer of this show. Well, I don't know if he's normal or not, but he's the uh, regular producer of this. Well, I don't even know if he's regular. Anyhow, um, Tristan Field-Jones is producing the show today. Normally, he would be doing the news. Uh, TFJ is producing. Savannah Pierce is in for him. And I'm in a completely different room, and I'm, I'm looking at a, at a wall. I can't see a thing. Now, I know you can't tell all this on the radio, but I just like to share. I like to take you behind the velvet rope with me. We're getting some fancy new logos in the big studio, and so I'm in this little tiny studio. I can't see you, TFJ. Are you there? Where, where I'm, right, are I'm right here. I can okay. see you, Hal. Oh, can you? But y- Yeah. See? Oh, there you are. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, if I turn it's... around and look. <laughs> but then you can't talk into the microphone. But then I can't talk in the microphone, and I can't see my computer. No, it makes no sense. Anyhow. Uh, happy Monday. How's it going, everybody? Short week for a lot of people. A lot of people are getting Friday off. We here at CJOB, most of us anyhow, are getting Friday off, which is nice. Easter's coming up on Sunday. Have you seen the new uh, TFJ? Have you seen the new Cadbury commercial on TV where it's the, the Easter bunny on his bike and he's delivering Easter eggs and stuff? I have not, no. That is a very cool commercial. I watched that. I, I backed it up and I watched it again the other night and I... Even showed it to my wife. It's a very, uh, very cool commercial. The kids, I'm sure, are loving the new uh, Cadbury uh, commercial. Do you like those cream eggs? I don't mind them. I, I think you know what my favorite. Uh, what is your favorite Easter oh, candy? What my favorite Easter candy. Um, I, I think the the Hershey's. What are those called? The Hugs and Kisses. The Kisses. Those yeah, are those are very good. I like those. Yeah. I think I'm old school. I'm just gonna say the hollow ears of a chocolate bunny. I, hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Chocolate bunnies, that's classic. And they have actually done studies, and they have uh, discovered, and no surprise here, that most people eat the ears of the bunny first. They did studies on that? Yes, they have. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm being honest with you. They have actually studied that, yes. So it's Monday, short week, Good Friday on Friday, Easter Sunday on, uh, on Sunday. Today is Live Long and Prosper Day. And the reason is, is because uh, on this day in 1931, Leonard Nimoy was born. He played Spock on uh, on TV in Star Trek. And so, yeah, today is um, Live Long and Prosper Day. It is also Legal Assistance Day today. It is Make Up Your Own Holiday Day. It's Spinach Day. And it is also Purple Day today. There you go. That's what today is. We'll take a look at uh, today in history a little later on. we got some... Celebrity birthdays today, a few interviews on the show uh, today. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, will be joining us uh, shortly here. It's going to be um, okay. We, had, we we didn't really get that snow yesterday we thought we were going to get, at least not here in Winnipeg. And so I want to check in with Bruce because when I talked to him on the weekend, he saw another few centimeters for us on Wednesday. But then after Wednesday, starting Thursday, things are going to uh, get cold around here again. And when I say cold, not, you know, crazy cold, but we'll have overnight lows around minus 15. Now, that's what Bruce was saying on the weekend. So we'll see what Bruce says here in less than 10 minutes. All right. So my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, on the way. The Jets have clinched a playoff spot. That's pretty exciting. huh? I mean, we knew it was going to happen, and it happened uh, against those Nashville Predators. We could meet them in the playoffs, likely not the first round, but... Uh, we uh, could meet them after we take on either. It looks like if everything, you know, if the playoffs were to happen right now, we would play either uh, Colorado or Minnesota, and we would have home ice advantage. So we'll talk Jets today. I want to play some comments from some of the Jets after the game last night. And uh, Kelly Moore 
Christian O'Mell and Jeff Courier had a great hot stove. I call it a hockey hot stove today on Jeff Courier's show. It's just a few minutes of uh, hockey talk, talk about the Jets, and I thought maybe I might replay that. Tough trivia coming up on the show today. We'll do that in about an hour from now, right after the uh, 2 o'clock news. Your chance to win tickets to go and see Rod Stewart, April 3rd at Bell MTS Place. We have Rod Stewart tickets all this week, right up until Thursday. And then, like I said, a lot of us here at CGOB are off on Friday. Our sports director here at CGOB, Kelly Moore, talked to Jill Officer. She's a world champ, and she's calling it quits. Going out on top. She's pulling a Seinfeld. That's what she's doing. And so I'll have that interview coming up for you. Also, yesterday on my weekend morning show, I talked to Candace Bergen. She is the uh, MP, Tory MP, for Portage Liscar, and she is also the Tory government house leader. And uh, the Tories filibustered last week. And uh, we'll uh, play parts of that interview back for you if you missed it yesterday on my uh, weekend morning show. All right, so that's some of what we have coming up here on the show today. And then, of course, a bunch of little odds and ends that we'll stick in wherever we can. Hal Anderson here on CJOB. It is 109. Quick break, and then we'll come back and talk to my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. So hang on for that. 113. A little ahead of schedule. Not a bad thing. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, joins us on the phone now. Now, Bruce has spent the past uh, couple of weeks uh, visiting his cousin out in California, and he is making mm-hmm. his way back to Lancaster, Minnesota, as we speak. Whereabouts are you on the road, bud? Well, I'm almost up to Donner Pass. In fact, I'm sitting at a rest area, well, kind of a rest area, and I'm staring at a pile of snow that's about 10 or 12 feet high. So oh, boy. The roads are clear, though, so that's good. So you're going through Donner Pass on the way back, eh? Right. I'm about eight miles from getting to the peak of Donner Pass, but it's clear, sunny, nice. It's not going to be any problem at all. Yeah, because on the way to California, you avoided Donner Pass, went out of your way and drove several extra hours so you didn't have to go through there because there was a lot of snow at that point a few weeks ago. Yeah, but the, um, as much snow fell as you are in height, that's uh, in, in two days. So that wow. wouldn't been, would not have been very good. No. Now, um, let's break this down. We were expecting a few centimeters of snow yesterday. I think we were talking two to five centimeters of snow yesterday. We didn't really get any of it. It slipped more to the southeast. It, upper level winds changed a little bit. And again, that's the problem with spring storms. They're, they're very fickle. And that one moved to the southeast, so it didn't hit Winnipeg with as much force as it would have because it just slipped and went further south and east than expected. This next one is more of a tomorrow night thing. Tomorrow's going to be nice. It might get up to six degrees. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night, a minor system comes through, maybe two or three centimeters, but then Wednesday during the day, it just gets colder, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, especially be cold. I think we begin to recover maybe a little bit on Sunday and then Monday, and so it, it won't be a long cold spell, but there are going to be several days that do not make it to freezing. Yeah, the uh, Environment Canada forecast says four tomorrow. You're saying we could get to six degrees, but then that dusting of snow, I guess, two or three centimeters tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and then it will uh, get colder for several days. When does it start warming up again? Probably, well, I think the coldest will be maybe Friday afternoon, and then Saturday won't be much better. Sunday will be a little bit better. Monday will be a little bit better than that, and then the middle of next week looks you know, probably more average because 
three, maybe four degrees will be average by then. Three is average now, but might be average would be about four. So you get back up to that. It's not bad. And it's this minus four, minus five, minus six kind of stuff that we'll have at the end of the week that people won't particularly like. Yeah, and I'm not complaining that we didn't get the snow yesterday we were thinking we are going to get. I don't mind that at all, and I'm not looking forward to two or three centimeters tomorrow night, but I guess if it happens, it happens. And then you're not seeing any other significant precipitation in the forecast at all, including the long-term models. That could be it. We may turn the corner on spring after uh, this cold stretch late in the week, eh? Right, right. Pretty much the only blizzards I see are at, at uh, Dairy Queen. I don't see anything on the models at all. Good, good. I'm not getting tired of that line at all, Bruce. You just keep rolling that one out. Any <laughs> time you want to use that line, you go ahead. I'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> it's good news, though. It's good news. And, and uh, are we still feeling like spring might be a little slow to come this year? Well, it's a little bit slow. Partly there's snow on the ground, and because there have been some years there was snow, snow by now, so yeah. that slows it down a little bit. Simply because that white ground takes the sun's rays and bounces them back to space, so it doesn't heat up as well as a dark when it, the ground's dark. It, it absorbs the heat a lot better. So for that reason, it'll be a little bit slower, and the pattern hasn't been conducive for it to be really warm. But I think that again, that La Nina, that's fading simply because as far as its effect on us. La Nina really affects us during the winter, and it's now spring. And by the middle of spring, there really isn't an effect from that. There, you know, only effects would be from other variables. But the La Nina really isn't noticeable in the late spring and summer and fall. So that won't be a problem. So you're expecting on being back in Lancaster, Minnesota, late in the week, I guess, something like that? Right. Thursday, early Thursday afternoon is what I'm expecting, and along with the colder weather. So, again, I, I come back, so cold weather's back. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going to be long before you're seeding again, my friend. Exactly. I'll be be uh, be going at it. I'll be very busy. Well, I'm not going to be doing the seeding. I'll be hauling fertilizer yeah. and water, but I'll still be very busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with the farming, I guess it's good that we got that little bit of snow. Well, not a little bit of snow. It was quite a bit of snow at the end of the season because certainly the ground needs that moisture, doesn't it? Well, yes, and that was a wet snow. It didn't blow around a whole lot. In fact, I remember the farmer, t- we were texting back and forth. He said it was a great snow. Uh, because you needed a wet, heavy snow, mm. and that's what we got. And it wasn't fun shoveling it, I'm sure. But and I'm sure if I'd been there, I would have had to would have had to do that. But it was very good for the ground and moisture because it, it's been very, very dry in the winter. But also, it wasn't very, very wet last fall, so it had some catching up to do. And you know, in the spring, if we get some good rains, not too much, but just some, that should be that should be okay. Yeah. We'll travel safely, bud, and uh, when you're back, we'll talk then, okay? Oh, certainly. I'll talk to you later. All right. There he goes, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. You can get to his website. He's got a great weather website, by the way. You can get to his site by going to my site. That's the easiest way. Just go to halanderson.ca and get to Bruce's site that way, halanderson.ca. So I thought this was kind of interesting. We were talking a while ago about how how nobody carries money anymore, right? And uh, I get a weird look from the kids at the drive-thru when I pull out a $10 bill or a $5 bill to pay for my coffee in the morning. It happened again this morning. I had a 20. I used a 20 to pay for a coffee and a muffin, and I got this funny look, and nobody uses money anymore. And now there is some new research to back that up. Listen to this. Research, uh, this research took a look at the spending habits of 2,000 
North Americans, 2,000 people in uh, Canada and the U.S., and it found that just 41% of them carry cash regularly now. Just 41% carry cash on a regular basis of the 2,000 people. And when you look at it more closely by age, this is probably no surprise, but the data shows that younger generations are moving away from cash spending. My wife gives me heck all the time for walking around with money in my pocket. She goes, why don't you just carry your, you got your car, what do you need money? But then, you know, the odd time when money is needed, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i the guy, right? But uh, anyhow, 34% of millennials, 34% of millennials, so over a third of millennials admit they rarely or never carry any cash. That compares to 25% of those 55 and over. 25% of 55 and over say they never carry any cash. So even, you know, people my age are getting away from the cash. Not as much as the millennials, but they are certainly getting away uh, from carrying the cash. So here are my questions. Do you still carry cash? How much do you carry? And uh, <laughs> I guess as I talk about walking around with cash in my pocket all the time, there might be some bad guys out there wondering where I'll be later on this evening. But I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to be later on this evening and how much money I've got in my pocket. But those are my questions. Are you still carrying cash and how much are you carrying? I'd be curious to know. By the way, this research shows that on average, people carry about $25 at a time. But one in six or 16% had no cash on them at all during the time this study happened. While four in 10 or 39%, almost 40% of those polled had less than $10 on them. And uh, results also showed that more people carry cash for emergencies now than they do for the purposes of actually making everyday purchases. 40% versus 38%. So those are kind of interesting numbers. I, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise People are carrying less money and fewer people are actually carrying money. But when you break it down like that, not a lot of people are walking around with money in their pocket anymore. So again, will you still carry cash? Do you still carry cash? And how much do you carry? Let me know. You can text or call 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868, or you can email me, hal at cjob. Com. Hal at cjob.com. Weekend box office. Uh, they finally knocked off Black Panther. Black Panther fell to second on the weekend. It took in $16.7 million. The number one movie, it took in $28 million, so it beat Black Panther pretty easily. Pacific Rim Uprising. And it's not getting great reviews. I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the this is a sequel. The original Pacific Rim uh, several years ago, I think, had 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one's only got about 40. It's in the 40s somewhere, I think, mid-40s, 45 or 46%. But it was number one at the weekend box office with $28 million. Rounding out the top three, I can only imagine. That looks good. My wife and I were just saying the other night, we got to go check that one out. In at number three, $13.8 million. Number four, Sherlock Gnomes, $10.6 million. And number five, Tomb Raider, $10.4 million. So there you go, the weekend box office. 
Black Panther falls to number two, the number one movie in North America, Pacific Rim Uprising. But the reviews are not great for it. Not great reviews on that movie. Uh, coming up after Global News here at 1.30, Savannah Pierce will give us the news. And then after the news, we got to talk about our Winnipeg Jets. They have clinched a playoff spot. Yes, are you excited about that? You can weigh in on that too if you want. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. And after Global News at 2, just letting you know what's coming up here, after Global News at 2, we have a tough trivia question for you. Your chance to win Rod Stewart tickets April 3rd at Bell MTS Place. All right, so glad you're here with us. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, TFJ, what did you do on the weekend? Anything special? Tristan Field-Jones producing the show today? Nothing uh, really special. I went to go see John Cleese. Oh, how was that? Yeah, um, he was. it was interesting because I think some people were there expecting a stand-up routine, uh-huh. and it was almost a, a lecture. I was going to say, it was kind of a Q&A thing almost. Yeah, right? yeah, and it was our Richard Cluche who was hosting it, who yeah. did a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I was just thinking to myself, how could you imagine being up there in front of an audience of, I think there's, uh, the concert hall seats 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. So you're in front of 3,000 people and you're talking to John Cleese. Like, how self-conscious would you be in that situation? Yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a pretty good idea he's got there. He doesn't have to work or perform or anything. He just sits there and talks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, it was great. It was really interesting, and he kind of gave some insight into Faulty Towers and a right. fish called Wanda. Told and some that good sort of stories. Thing. Yeah. Oh, very good stories, yeah. and, and his own observations about the world. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I I loved it. I thought it was great, uh, and uh, I I I'm glad I went went to go see him because you know he's he's getting up there in age, yep. and you never know. Well, and he's a legend, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. This is, yeah, uh, yeah. This is John Cleese. This is huge. So uh, on the weekend, yesterday for a few hours after I was off the air at nine o'clock, I went over to the uh, RBC Convention Center. I hung out for a couple of hours over at Mark CFL Week at the Fan Fest at the Convention Center. Fantastic. Talk to a few people. We'll sprinkle in some of that audio as we go along here this afternoon. It is Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Savannah. One thirty-three on a Monday afternoon. Thanks a lot for making uh, me and CJOB part of your day. Appreciate that. Before we talk uh, Jets here, Jets clinching a playoff spot last night. Uh, before we talk Jets, uh, we are getting some reaction to my uh, comments about cash. New uh, research shows only about 41% of people, they talked to 2,000 people, 41% carry cash on a regular basis now. Bill has been patiently waiting on the phone. Bill, thank you for waiting. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem, Hal. What do you want to say? Well, I, I want to say that I, I, I carry cash all the time. I, and, in fact, I'm still breathing, I'm still living, and I'm talking to you, and I've never <laughs> in my life used a debit card. Never. never. Never, never went to an ATM machine. Never used a debit card. Wow, no you are need. you are old school, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean but whatever not, works for you, right? I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I get accused of being old school all the time just for having a few bucks in my wallet. Wow, I find that amazing. I, yeah. I, you know what? I, I just think it's so much more convenient, so easy. You go for a cup of coffee. Really, you're going to use a debit card, or you're going to use this, you're going to use that. It's a buck and a half. 
Really? I, guarantee, I guarantee you, uh, Bill, you say you only use cash. You've never used a debit card. There are a lot of people, younger people primarily, I think, but there are a lot of people out there that will tell you they have never used cash. They have only used plastic. And I would agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But bear in mind, Hal, I think a lot of people that use only debit cards or use only cards, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of them have actual cash. It, it's, it's all electronic transi- transactions, and it's all overdraft. Interesting. Yeah. That's why we're in the trouble we're in. A dollar seventy-one to every dollar we earn. I've heard that before. You know, uh, people that have have said that, and I got an interesting text message from somebody. They start by saying, "I'm 20 years old, and how I only use cash." Now, this is sort of going against what I was saying, but listen to the point the person makes here. I have recently moved out, and this is how I stick to my budget. The first of every month, I fill up my jars with cash for each category, and that's all I get. I still have a credit card, too, for automatic bills, but that's how they stay on budget. And I've had people say that when they actually have that money in their hand, they have more of an appreciation for it as opposed to never seeing cash and just using their cards. That's a smart young man. Yeah, I think so, too. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate the call. Thank you for your time, sir. All right. And I was asking, too, uh, you know, do you carry cash and how much? Uh, Daryl says, Hal, I got 45 bucks in my wallet right now. Um, I have more than that. Now, the reason I have more than that today is I needed some cash for something, and I took it out on the weekend, and, and I've still got some cash in my uh, uh, in my pocket. But uh, I normally walk around with, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks most times. Um, here's another text message here on this, uh, good day. I'm different from, from other people. I I only use the bank to cash my check. I ask for all cash back. I don't trust banks too many mistakes. Interesting. Um, and one more here, I think I'm in my fifties and I use nothing but cash. I always have five or $600 with me. Wow. You walk, texter, you walk, there's no name on that text. You walk around with that kind of cash in your wallet or you just have cash at home with you in case you need it? Boy, that's a lot of cash to have with you. Even just to have it home with you, I'm surprised that uh, you feel you need that much cash. But I guess, you know, it saves trips to the bank and stuff. And and everybody's situation is different. I I understand that. I get it. Um, One quick text message here about Bruce, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. The uh, texture says, Hal, I could sit and listen to weather and his, uh, Bruce and his weather tales forever. Love that guy. I'm with you, Texter. I, I love Bruce. He is so fantastic. He's got kind of, kind of a dry, quirky sense of humor, and he knows his weather. He is super, super accurate. Again, if you want to check out his weather site, just go to my site, halanderson.ca, and you can get to Bruce's site there. Uh, here's another text message, Hal. The only time I have cash on me is on Monday nights to pay the beer guy <laughs> on my rec hockey team. Taylor, there you go. Thank you. And uh, Dave says, Hal, Bill's, <laughs> Hal, Bill's rotary phone still sounds good too. Listen, there's nothing wrong with Bill being old school. Nothing wrong with that. Another text message here. About this, if I have cash, I spend it faster. Okay, that's interesting. I can see where maybe that would be the case. People should just get their bank's online app where they can instantly check all their accounts, including your credit cards. That will help you manage everything. Yeah, I can see where if you have the cash in your pocket, maybe you spend it and you you shouldn't or you don't want to or you don't need to. Yep, 
I can see where that would uh, would maybe be the case. Hey, uh, moving on to do a little hockey talk here. The Jets uh, last night were able to clinch a playoff spot. And uh, Jeff Courier, who's, of course, on uh, before me, he is on from uh, 10 to 1 here on CGOB every day, had our sports director, Kelly Moore, on, and Christian O'Mell. Christian is the co-host with Austin Siragusa of Sports Sunday here on CJOB. And the boys talked a little bit about the Jets, sort of a hockey hot stove, if you will. And here's a few minutes of their conversation. Well, when these two teams play this year, there are a lot of goals that happen. <laughs> it's very fun to watch. The last time they played here a couple of weeks ago was a 6-5 win for Nashville. There's no lead is ever safe. Two goal leads are blown all over the place. And the energy last night, you know, such a bad start for the Jets in that game. And the fans know that if we win this, we clinch. And it's not like two years ago when every game in the last, you know, game 81, game well, 82. Well, it took those three consecutive shutouts by Exactly. Pavlik, Whereas yeah. here we are having, having known for probably months that you know, they're going to play in the playoffs. It's just a matter of locking it down. To do it against Nashville, to go to a third straight overtime also against another playoff team, they get the job done and they are able to kind of vanquish a team that is probably their – going to be maybe their main rival over the next couple of years if they stay at the level they're at and setting up a second round playoff clash. Now that's, of course, you have to get through the first round. And of course, this team, this franchise has never won a game in the playoffs, which is the little bit of the elephant of the room now heading into the playoffs. But they've got a couple weeks now. They don't have to sit on the anxiety of, are we going to play in the playoffs? This is the best team this franchise has ever put on the ice. And maybe even back to the 1.0 days, Maybe one of the best teams that's ever played in this city. Yeah, I, I would say it would certainly be there with the, I think it's the 84-85 Jets. They would probably be the uh, the high watermark for uh, the 1.0 version of the team. And, of course, as anybody who followed that team remembers, Dale Howarchuk got hurt in the first round against Calgary, and there kind of went, you know, the, the 89-90 yeah. Jets, you know, had Edmonton down three games to one, and then uh, the Oilers wound up coming back. But, yeah, this team... And, and not just this year. These guys are not one-hit wonders. The no. way they're constructed, they they can have some success now for a number of years. But I'll tell you what, Jeff, I wasn't at the rink. Christian was. But I could feel it watching the TV. Just that added extra animosity and intensity mm-hmm. that creeps in at this time of the year. And it's going to get ratcheted up again in the playoffs. Now, we know Nashville can handle that because they went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So the intriguing part for Jets fans is, you know, can this team be even better than it was last night or even two nights earlier against Anaheim? I mean, as much as they dominated, you know, you still have to bring it up another level to, you know, to be able to to go where you want to go in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's, that's the only real question mark hanging over this team right now, right, is that that – uh, absence of a lot of playoff experience in there and and can they keep on ratcheting it up can they find that next level can they overcome any possible first round upset and and carry on but th- but there's every reason to think that the answer to all of those questions is yes absolutely i mean regular season success is one thing we've seen a lot of teams come and go that have flamed out in the playoffs <laughs> but this team seems to be built they're very deep, and they've got a certain level of grit as well. Not even on the fourth line. You've got, you know, Wheeler's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Mark Shifley getting into some 
scrums with PK Subban again last night. And those two were going to, you know, they almost fought a month ago. <laughs> See them going at it again in the playoffs. But a lot of times it comes down to goaltending. And Connor Hellebuck was the talk a lot at the start of the season. We kind of haven't talked about him for a while because he's just been that steady. But really, if you want to go far in the playoffs, your goalie has to be really good. And Hellebuck's been good. Yeah. But again, he has never played in the playoffs. And so that's a tester for him. Just a one quick comment on Hellebuck. You know, it's not the, the number of goals you give up. It's when you make the save. You know, when he stopped Ryan Johansson on the breakaway last night in the third period, that was huge. You know, that kept his team right where they needed to be. And just further to Christian's point, Jeff, the thing that stood out for me more than anything else in that hockey game last night was that when they were down 2 nothing, 3-1, 4-3, they never deviated from what they're supposed to do. And to me, that is such a vital element for a successful hockey club. Kelly Moore there. Final comment from Kelly Moore, Christian O'Mell, and all that on Jeff Courier's show earlier here on CJOB. Are you excited about the Jets clinching a playoff spot? I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Jets. As uh, I think it was Christian pointed out, Jets haven't won. Uh, this the version of the Jets have not won a game in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, you can't help but start thinking they're going to go deep in the playoffs, hopefully. Hmm? Are you excited now that they've made it? What are your expectations? Do they need to win the Cup? I think they could win the Cup with this team, but a lot's got to happen. Or is that an unrealistic expectation from this team? Your thoughts on our Winnipeg Jets. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. And quickly, before a break here, back to the money for a second. A texter at 204-780-6868 says, Hal, how can we in Winnipeg be the garage sale capital if we don't have cash? Right. You got to be carrying cash for those garage sales, or we're certainly getting into that season now where you got to have some cash, right? 144, just about quarter to two. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Sam, how long have you been a fan ambassador? This is my second year. And you've been here all week helping out with Mark CFL Week, Fan Fest at the Convention Center. How's it been? Oh, it's been a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, I've got to meet a lot of great fans. Uh, we met quite a few of the players from different teams. Um, and uh, just seeing the laughter and the fun that people have been having. And watching the Combine as well helped. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Not to compare, but uh, the CFL is really playing with the big boys now when it comes to stuff like this. Oh, absolutely. This, this was a big-time big uh, affair. And to see, the, to see the reaction of the fans, uh, and it's not, only, it's not only people from Winnipeg. Uh, there have been a lot of people here from Regina, people from Hamilton, yeah. from Toronto, right across the CFL. So it just shows what this league is all about. Yeah. CFL fans travel. Yes. No right. matter what. And of course there have been a lot of Bomber fans here as well this week, but it's been a great event. Oh yeah, definitely. And the results, I mean, and the player interactions with, with the fans have been sensational. Um, there have been a lot of our people, uh, the fan ambassadors that have been here and been involved with different aspects of it. And it's 
not only a lot of fun, but it's a great privilege to be a part of it. Great to meet you. Thank you. You're welcome. That is Sam. He is a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan ambassador, and he was helping out at Mark CFL Week at the convention yesterday, Fan Fest. I was there for a couple of hours in the morning after my uh, uh, weekend morning show and uh, had a lot of fun, met a lot of cool people, drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> Tim's had their uh, their free coffee truck set up, and uh, oh, the Bomber store was there. They had a bunch of uh, virtual reality stuff, really cool. Um, what else? Oh, and there was a huge lineup for an autograph session yesterday uh, when I was uh, getting ready to leave. It was Chris Walby, Rod Hill was there, and uh, Abby Kahn was a part of that as well. Just a, a great time. Mark's CFL week. Fantastic. I know, you know, Regina had the first one last year, and we got this one, and it's got to visit other cities. But I really hope that comes back again soon. It was really an awesome week. Mark's CFL week. Uh, tip of the hat to the CFL for a great job and the Bombers and, and all of you who came out and Bob Irving. I mean, so many people here at CGOB worked hard and, and did a great job. Bob Irving got a lot of great interviews for us, and it was just uh, a phenomenal week. And you'll hear more audio from my a few hours at the convention center yesterday as we go along here this afternoon on CJOB. Um, it is Hal Anderson, in case you're wondering. And we're asking uh, the question, do you still carry cash and how much do you carry? A new study shows that only about 41% of us carry cash on a regular basis anymore. And uh, quite a bit of uh, feedback by text, especially 204-780-6868. Here's one. Andrea. Andrea says, no one bothers with cash anymore. Credit and debit cards are a way of life now, Hal. Another one here. I do carry cash, but only for emergencies and in case I lose my wallet or something. Uh, Another one. Why would I walk around with cash? I don't have spare change in my pockets either. That's Derek. And uh, Marla says, I always keep a few bucks in my purse to tip people and stuff like that. Cash will never totally go out of style. I agree, Marl. I don't think cash will ever totally go out of style. I get it that, you know, the cards are easy and handy and the technology is advancing, but I, I think cash, uh, and there are many uh, advantages, I think, to having cash. Like I, I told the story before about my dad, Gordon. If he didn't have the cash, he could borrow the money and stuff, or he had a credit card, but if he couldn't pay cash or, or put it on layaway, he just didn't do it. Sorry, don't have the money, and they won't do layaway, so we're not getting it. And then one more here from Jeff. I thought this was funny. Hal, can't remember the last time I used cash to buy something. Well, maybe a bag of weed, but (laughs) thank you, Jeff. And I'm thinking that's your real name, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, Because it's not quite legal yet, but it will be very, very soon. So, Thank you all for weighing in on that question and continue to weigh in by text or phone 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Should we do celebrity birthdays here? TFJ, you want to play the birthday game? You want to to take some guesses here? Yeah, you know what? I've never done this. Haven't you? Yeah, and and I'm not good with celebrity names either, so if I ask uh, who is that person, I apologize ahead of time. All right, well, if you do that, then I'll just give their age, because you're obviously not going to know how old they are if you don't even know who it is. Okay, well... Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor is having a birthday today. She was on the American Supreme Court. Do you know who that is? 
Sandra Day O'Connor. Name does sound familiar. I don't know a whole lot about her, but if I had to guess her age. They're usually old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How about, let's say 76. 88. 88. Ah. Alan Arkin is having a birthday today. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. That's one that uh, he did more recently. He's a great actor. I, I can tell already you don't know. 84. Uh, <laughs> James uh, James Kahn is having a birthday today. James Kahn. Oh. He was, uh, he was sa- uh, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. Oh, uh, of course. Um, oh, man. He would not be young either, I no. don't think. Um, no. I don't know. Let's try. How about an even 80? 78. Very close. Nancy Pelosi. Oh, she would be, let's try 68. 78. She's oh. up there. Bob Woodward, right? All the president's men. Yeah. Of the, uh, one of the journalists that broke the Watergate story. Oh, he would be, let's try 82. 75. Oh. Uh, Steven Tyler's having a birthday today. 71. 70. Oh. Yeah. Vicki Lawrence, she was on uh, the Carol Burnett show. She's having a birthday today. She was also, you know, she also had her own show, Mama's Family, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be, well, she was Carol Burnett. Let me try, can I get 83 for 1,000, Hal, please? No, 69. She's not as old as okay. uh, as Carol would be up there, but not uh, not Vicky. Yeah. Uh, Martin Short. How old is Marty Short? Ooh, Good uh, Canadian kid. Yeah. 70? He is 68. Very oh. close. Uh, just for time purposes, I'm going to rattle through the last few here. Uh, Charlie McClain, country singer, 62. Lisa Gibbons. Talk show host, 61, Jennifer Gray. Uh, she was on uh, uh, Dirty Dancing. She was a uh, baby on Dirty Dancing, 58. Kenny Chesney, country singer, is 50. And uh, also having a birthday today, and maybe I'll play a Diana Ross song later on. Diana Ross is 74 today. Wow. A lot of these uh, people are, are really getting up there in age. It's making me feel very, very old. All right, we've got to take a break here. Savannah Pierce is standing by. The 2 o'clock global news is next and then winning for you after the news, so don't go far. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you very much, Savannah. 2.04. We're going to kick off this hour, the second hour, the second last hour of moi on CJOB today. We're going to kick it off with some winning. All you got to do is answer the tough trivia question correctly, and if you do, you will get... Two tickets to go and see Rod Stewart, April 3rd, at Bell MTS Place. Look at that. TFJ producing the show right on cue. Playing a little Rod Stewart for us here as we go to the phones. 204-780-6868. The question is... The question is... Rod Stewart, tickets up for grabs. About half of adults... Have at least one of these in their bedroom. What is it? About half of adults have at least one of these in their bedroom. 204-780-6868. Now, I told you at the start of the show about an hour ago that I'm in a weird room today because we're getting some work done in the control room. So we're going to try our best to work the phones here because normally I would hit the buttons myself. Uh, TFJ is going to hit them in there. So, uh... Here we go, 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB, have you got a guess? I didn't hear the question, I'm on my Bluetooth. The uh, question is about half of adults have at least one of these in their bedroom. One of what? Uh, television. Good guess, not the correct answer though. Sorry about that. Hi, CJOB, have you got a guess? Hello. Hi. 
Hi. What's your guess? My guess is a television. Ah, we just had that. Good guess, but not a television. No. 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB. What is your guess? Hi. Hi. What's your guess? I don't know the question. What's your birthday? The uh, question is about half of adults have at least one of these in their bedroom. What is it? Alarm clock. Not an alarm clock, no. Actually, TFJ, are we in delay? A little bit here, yeah, yeah but we're getting the, some people. That's the, that's the problem. Uh, that's why they're not hearing the question. Normally, we come uh, we come uh, almost all the way out of delay, but no problem. Hey, I'm all about flying by the seat of my pants here. <laughs> 204-780-6868. The question is about half of adults have at least one of these in their bedroom. Let's go to the phone. Hello, have you got a guess? What's your answer? A nightlight. A nightlight. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, very good. What is your name? Cheryl. Cheryl, you have got tickets to go and see Rod Stewart April 3rd at Bell MTS Place. Good for you. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Excellent. TFJ, Tristan Field-Jones will talk to you off air. So, uh, Tristan, make sure you get her hooked up with those Rod Stewart tickets. And we'll have more Rod Stewart tickets tomorrow and all this week, actually. Uh, here on the afternoon show. So make sure you tune in again tomorrow to get those Rod Stewart tickets. Now, we're off on Friday. Most of us here at CGOB are off on Friday, so keep that in mind. Uh, I will not be here on Friday, uh, but we will have tickets to give away all this week, except for Friday. All right? Uh, 207... We're going to break here in a bit, and when we come back after that break, I want to play for you an interview that our Kelly Moore did with Jill Officer. Of course, uh, they win the world championship yesterday, right? The Jen Jones rink, and Jill is part of that, of course. And Jill is kind of calling it quits on curling. Moving on, doing other things. So I want you to hear that interview that Kelly Moore did with Jill Officer. All right, that is on the way here. We're talking about money. Do you carry money with you anymore? How much do you carry with you? A new study says that uh, only about 41% of people, according to new research, still carry cash with them on a regular basis. So we're kind of talking about that here this afternoon. I thought this was kind of interesting. CDs and vinyl are now more popular than digital downloads thanks to subscription music streaming services. How many CDs do you own? Well, for the first time since 2011, CDs and vinyl records are outselling digital downloads. And it's all thanks to those streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. Data from the Recording Industry Association of America from 2017 last year shows digital download revenue fell to $1.3 billion while well, the sales of physical media only declined to $1.5 billion. In the U.S. alone, the money industry is now worth approximately, uh, the music industry, I think I said money there, the music industry is now worth about $8.7 billion, with about 65% of that revenue coming from streaming services. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, you'd think that uh, digital downloads would be uh, on the rise, but no. Because of the music streaming services, CDs and vinyl are doing better than uh, digital downloads. Kind of interesting. Did you know that sliced ketchup is apparently a thing? Now, I'm not a big ketchup guy, 
But uh, sliced ketchup is a thing. An L.A.-based food entrepreneur, Emily Williams, calls her creation the slice of sauce, and she's currently crowdsourcing uh, crowdsourcing funds on Kickstarter in an effort to get the product into production. Williams says of the portable ketchup slices, the slice is going to revolutionize the way we sauce, but it's also all natural and no preservatives. This flavor is the real deal, she says. So far, the internet is divided over the idea. One Twitter user writing, I don't want a ketchup fruit roll-up or anything that resembles a processed slice of ketchup. If someone I know is using this product, I will disown them in public. Now, that's just one person. But I don't know. I can see where this would maybe be sort of convenient, right? A slice of ketchup, and then obviously this will move on to other sauces as well. Phone lines are always open, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com if you'd prefer to email on anything at all. And like I said, we'll take a break, and when we come back, Kelly Moore with Jill Officer next on CJOB. 2.15, quarter after 2. So uh, Jill Officer is uh, packing it in. Kind of. Not quite yet, but she's just about done. And our Kelly Moore, sports director Kelly Moore here at CJOB, talked to Jill Officer this morning after winning the Worlds with the rest of the Jen Jones rink yesterday. Here is their conversation. Congratulations on winning the World Championship. Uh, Is it had a chance to, to, to sink in yet? Because I guess of the enormity of what this means to you and, 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 uh, you know, at the, the end of your at least competitive career. Yeah, for sure. I think it'll take some time still to, to think, to, uh, to sink in, but, uh, you know, we're certainly, uh, we're, we were pretty happy last night, uh, you know, going off to the uh, closing banquet being, uh, the champions. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, we're just, you know, feeling really good right now. And, um, uh, yeah, I think it'll take a few days to sink in too. Is that one of the better finals? And and I'm not saying necessarily at a world championship, but in any of the marquee events you play, you've played in. Is that one of the better finals in terms of how well it was played and and uh, how it came down to you know the final shot, uh, you know that scenario? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think there was a, a few opportunities probably for both teams actually. So, uh, uh, I don't know if it was the, the best final that I would say, but I would certainly say that it was the most entertain one of the most entertaining ones that have been part of. And, uh, you know, it, when it comes down to the wire like that, it's a little bit stressful too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it w- it was uh, certainly really exciting to be, to be part of that for sure. Now, you're always, in elite athletes, always stay in the moment. Uh, but because this was going to be your international swan song, did, did that kind of creep its way into your mind at all over the course of the game, Jill, or were you able to successfully uh, block that out? Yeah, I did. I did really my best to just kind of enjoy everything all week. Uh, it was the same perspective I had at the Scotties, and it, it worked really well for my individual performance. So it was my goal coming into North Bay this week as well. And it was really awesome because the crowd here was absolutely fantastic, and, and the whole community and city really put on an amazing show. So it was really awesome to um, – 
to be part of. And so it just made it a little bit easier to stay in the moment and to just enjoy the whole experience because the crowd was so loud and so supportive. Um, so I, you know, I did my best, but I think, uh, sometimes it, it creeps in like other things creep in and emotions creep in and you just have to do your best to, to park them. How good do you have to be to go 14 and 0 against that level of competition? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, there was a few games that we had to battle for those wins, that's for sure, and it, it obviously uh, worked out in our in our favor. But, uh, you know, it was a tough competition. We had the Olympic uh, gold medalists and Olympic silver medalists here from, from Pyeongchang and, um, you know, and, and many other champions, obviously. So it, it's I guess it's quite an honor to be able to go undefeated in, in such a field. For sure. Now that it's over, uh, did Shannon Burchard play because you were hurting a little bit, or was that just to give her some playing time? Um, I, I was actually a little bit under the weather. Uh, I was fighting a little bit of a virus, so um, it was just kind of an opportunity, kind of in both ways, actually, to uh, for me to get some some rest and for uh, for her to have a game because she, she kind of earned her right to to play a game and. Uh, and so it was cool that uh, we were able to give her that opportunity. Could you have ever envisioned, Jill, though, I, 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 I know there are some other events, some Grand Slam events. I don't know if you're going to play on them or not. But uh, as far as the international stage is concerned, though, is could you have ever envisioned going out in better fashion than, than how you are? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I can't really imagine going out in, in like, the, the, it's just, it's so crazy. It's kind of a fairy tale storybook ending here, I guess for me. And, um, it's really special that we were able to, uh, kind of cap off our, you know, team's career as a, as a foursome. Uh, obviously the other girls are continuing on, but, uh, to, to cap it off. And especially for me and Jen, having been together for 23 years, uh, it was really nice to be able to cap it off with a world championship. It was, uh, it was pretty special. Was that it, Jill, or or do you have another event or two before the the season officially comes to an end? Uh, yeah, we do have two Grand Slams left: uh, the Players Championship in Toronto and the Champions Cup in Calgary. And I will be I will be still with the team in in uh, in those events, and I'm I'm looking forward to those as well. But you know, playing in the Worlds is certainly a a, a very major championship, and you know, as much as we love playing in the Grand Slams, you know, the World Championships just still has a a special prestige that, uh, you know, it was nice to, um, you know, be able to go out in style. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Jill, thanks a bunch for this and, uh, congratulations on an amazing career. Uh, who knows, maybe, maybe we'll be hearing you soon as a curling analyst. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually you will this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be, I'll be broadcasting the mixed doubles Canadian championship from uh, Leduc, Alberta. Perfect. So I, I was kind of wondering if your career was going to segue into the in the media with your background. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Great. Thanks, Kelly. Hard! Yeah, hurry hard. Jill Officer with our Kelly Moore. And certainly we uh, wish Jill all the best in her future endeavors. Great uh, person. And uh, wow, what a curling career. So we were talking earlier about the Jets a little bit. And I was playing back uh, some comments from Kelly Moore, speaking of Kelly, and Christian O'Mell, co-host of Sports Sunday here on CGOB with Austin Saragusa. They were on uh, Jeff Courier's show. 
And I got an email from Al, Hal at CJOB.com. Buddy, what's with the question about the Jets? How could you ask if they're going to do well in the playoffs? I'm already on the committee for the Stanley Cup parade. And if you talk up the Jets nicely, I'll see that that parade goes right by your house. <laughs> Thank you very much, Al. Yes, I guess that is sort of a ridiculous question. Of course they're going to do well. They're going to go all the way. They're going to win the Cup easily. Um, I, I think we do have really high expectations and I'm, I'm just curious to know if, you know, are we expecting too much? Uh, cause let's face it, one win in the playoffs and it's an improvement over, uh, the past. And, uh, while that's great, you don't want it to end there. You want them to go right onto the cup and win the damn thing. And I guess we'll, we'll find out what happens, but, uh, thank you for the, uh, email. I appreciate it. Hal at cjob.com. Got a few text messages here too at 204-780-6868. One texter here suggesting that, oh, back to cash. Um, Apparently only about 41% of people carry cash on a regular basis anymore. And so we were talking about that. The texter says, Hal, cash gets deals. Yes, it does. You're right. It does. Uh, Dawn says, Hal, I carry enough cash for my coffee in the morning. Otherwise, bank and credit cards. Thank you, Dawn. And Dave says, hey, Hal, I go to the bar quite often, so I need cash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Greg, we were talking about garage sales, and you need to have cash, right, if you're going to garage sales, but then a bunch of people weighed in on that. Starting with Greg, who says, Hal, no need for cash at garage sales anymore. When we had ours, we accepted PayPal's and e-transfers. In fact, uh, most, at least half of our sales, rather, were paid for through electronic forms of one kind or another. And I guess they got those things you can hook up on your phone now, too, right? What's it called? Square? Where you just swipe the card? And so, yeah. Gee, I thought I had a pretty good argument there. You need cash for grad sales, but uh, no, I guess maybe you don't anymore. And uh, Jeff says the same thing. High-tech garage sales these days, hell. A lot of people have interact devices hooked up to their phones. Yeah. There you go. Keep the comments coming. 204-780-6868. You can call and chat with me at that number if you want. You can text that number or you can email me. Hal at cjob.com. Hey, Hal, just wanted to let you know we do have Karen on the line. You want oh, to chat about exactly this. Excellent. All right, Karen, uh, let's uh, get you I, on here. Almost, Hi, Karen. I almost thought you forgot about me. <laughs> no, sorry about that. That's my bad. We got a weird situation here today. I'm in a different room. They're working in the studio. Uh, TFJ <laughs> did tell me you were on the line, and I forgot because it's not no, it's right in front fault. of me. It's, it's, it's no, it's my fault. It was my fault. Karen, go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you want to say oh, about cash? You know, people say they're relying on cash so much. I usually try and carry at least twenty bucks on me yeah. or some change, right? Because yeah, you do need it. Um, I, th- I think so. Because you can't rely on technology forever, unfortunately. Because right. I was at f- uh, food family foods uh, last week. And the system went down. Yeah. So the only way you could buy groceries was with cash. Mm-hmm. So I had to charge over to the bank and get cash. And I thought, next time I'm going to make sure I always carry money on me. Yeah. And because even that happened at the superstore, they had a severe uh, lightning storm. All the terminals 
no ATM, no nothing. Yeah. But if you had cash, yep. you, of course, could buy it. Yeah, technology's so great when it works. And it's the same around here. When our computers go down, it's a scramble because, you know, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that now? Yeah, so people, you know, keep cash on you because you just never know when you're going to need it. And yeah. some people will only take cash. Right, and that's the other one, too, the odd time. Uh, my wife's always giving me a hard time about carrying cash, and you don't need cash anymore. Just use your card. But then we do go to the odd place where they want to do cash, right? And yes. Yeah, and then if you don't have cash, well, you don't you don't get it. And then she gets mad at you because and you can't buy it for she her. She gets mad at me, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, you know you know all about us, do you, Karen? Okay. Oh, you hey, talk about her. Yes, so, I, mean, I know. Gonna, I, I know. Assume that she's the one who's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> Karen. Sorry about the delay getting on, oh, but I appreciate okay. you I calling. I love listening about the uh, about uh, the curling. I, yeah. I, it's too bad I didn't get to watch it because I still don't have a TV set yet. Oh. But I am so proud of those girls. We'll take some of that cash and go and buy a TV set. Come on. Well, my brother's be bringing one from Edmonton for me. So. <laughs> okay. Well, in the meantime, keep it on CJOB. Yeah, thank you. And I, you know what? I've got some stories for you guys to to work on, and I'll have to phone and figure who to talk to about that. Yeah, or, or email me, Hal, at CJOB.com, and we'll get on them. Okay, great. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You have a good Appreciate one. Appreciate it. Yep. Bye-bye, Karen. Global News at 2.30 is next. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you, Savannah. 233 at CJOB. Well, some interesting new polling about the Trudeau Liberals. Discontent with the Trudeau Liberals has grown to such a level that if a federal election were held now, the Conservatives would romp to a comfortable win. That's according to a new Ipsos poll that found the Liberals to be hemorrhaging support even among their target demographics, namely the middle class women and millennials and many progressives increasingly weighing up a vote for the NDP. Overall, 56% of the 1,003 Canadians surveyed for this poll said the Liberals have fallen short of expectations, with 60% saying it's time for them to make way for another federal party. Only 5% said the Trudeau government exceeded their expectations. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau may have a gender-balanced cabinet, but it's the Conservative Party that's doing best with female voters. That was the biggest surprise for me in this latest poll. 35% of women say they'd vote for the Conservatives, with the Liberals snagging 30% and the NDP not far behind at 26%. The Conservatives are also enjoying an advantage across income groups, with their lead increasing steadily with income. The lead over the Liberals stands at three percentage points among people making 40000 or less, and it sits at a healthy 14% in the 100000 income range. The uh, Liberals have had a tough go of it. Of course, last week, the week ended with this Tory filibuster, and I had a chance to talk about the filibuster and uh, some issues with the Liberals when I had Candace Bergen on my weekend show yesterday. Candace Bergen is the NP for Portage Liscar. She is also the Tory government House leader. Here's a bit of my chat with her yesterday on my weekend show after that long filibuster to end last week. I think I am rested up. Yes, I had a good night's sleep on uh, Friday night and uh, feeling feeling good. We're ready to go again on Monday. 
Okay, so tell us, uh, I guess, a little background for people that don't know what's going on. Why the filibuster? Why the big concern about Prime Minister Trudeau's national security advisor? Well, the uh, India trip the Prime Minister took was a failure on every front. But I think the the worst part of it was that he invited uh, the, this convicted attempted murderer and terrorist, uh, Jasbel Atwell, to one of his events with no clear answers on on how that could have happened. And what when it got really cloudy was when his national security advisor, Daniel Jean, briefed the media and told them that somehow it was members, uh, rogue, rogue, rogue elements of the Indian government, that had caused this. So when we ask questions of the government over the last number of weeks, they've refused to answer whether was it India that did it, and if they did, we need to see proof because it's a pretty serious accusation. Or if it wasn't India and it was just uh, their own MP, then they needed to make that distinction. And we, as members of parliament, felt and believe, still believe, that we should have the same information that the media has and, and, and the public should have it. So we actually put a motion forward on Thursday. We debated it all day, a very clean motion that would just ask that we could speak with Mr. Jean for one hour at committee, at Public Safety Committee, which, by the way, Heads of uh, organizations, government organizations like CSIS, the RCMP, CBSA, Correction Services, appear before committee all the time. It's not unusual. So the Liberals voted that down. They disagreed. They wouldn't allow him. Uh, Hal, we have very few tools that we can use with this Liberal majority government. And the one tool that we did have was to force a lot of votes so that we could see kind of push them and see if they would uh, recognize how serious we were. And instead of voting for 22 hours, just let us speak to Mr. Jean for one hour. And uh, they've just, they've refused. They are going to any length that they deem necessary to uh, keep Mr. Jean um, from telling us what he told the media. Are there any cracks forming with the Liberals on this or not? Well, you know, I think I think we're hearing we are hearing that there are that people are getting really frustrated with the fact that Gerald Butts seems to be uh, directing all of this and that um, it would appear that this is a cover up, whether it's, uh, you know, a huge sinister cover up about something very secretive. I don't know, or whether it's just a cover up to protect the prime minister from, again, another horrible judgment call. We don't know, but it does look like it's coming from PMO, from from obviously from the Prime Minister and Gerald Butts directly. And I would think there are a lot of MPs who must be get Liberal MPs who must be getting frustrated with it. Do you think you're going to get your chance to ask those questions or not? We don't know. Um, when we tried to negotiate overnight on Thursday and into into Friday, uh, the House Leader just said to me, "I'm not. I'm not going to ever give you Daniel Jean. You're not going to be able to speak to Daniel Jean." Hmm. It seems very. They're they're very intent on on keeping him out of the public eye. Um, so you know, we've got a few other things that we can do in the House of Commons. We are you know we're hoping that that people will help put pressure on the government and on on Trudeau and his gang to to be transparent. He's really failed. On that front, I mean, we've seen on so many issues, whether it was his Aga Khan trip where he denied that he had done anything wrong for over a year and said that the Aga Khan was his you know, good buddy and, and he wasn't, uh, to uh, some transparency around money that he spent, to things like this. The whole transparency promise, uh, Trudeau has completely failed on it. And I think that this is, is just another proof point of that. Well, and I think transparency more and more, it seems, at every level of government, it's becoming a big issue with taxpayers. 
It is, and rightly so. I mean, it's it's one of the ways that people can keep their elected officials uh, held to account is is when when you have to answer questions and you have to uh, tell people what you're doing, not only with their money, but but the decisions that you make. And you know, the concern with Trudeau is his judgment has been bad on this. I mean, you'll recall he met with. Um, uh, Boyle, the, the, the guy who'd come back from Afghanistan and then w- weeks later was arrested for um, all kinds of things, assaulting his wife and all the domestic violence, et cetera. Right. He had met with Justin Trudeau literally uh, a, a couple of weeks before the arrest while clearly the investigation was going on. We still don't know how in the world did the prime minister and why would the prime minister have met with him? Hmm. Uh, but, and, and then we see this whole Atwell thing where, where this guy just had access, was meeting with ministers, was going to be part of Trudeau's entourage. There seems to be a real lack of judgment in terms of who Justin Trudeau is comfortable hanging out with and spending time with. And again, then not answering. And, and I think that these are questions that Canadians should have answers to because it goes to a bigger question around judgment and then also around um, honesty and accountability. I'm just about out of time, Candace. What's the plan for tomorrow, Monday? Well, we've got a few things that we can do, and um, I, you know, obviously, I, I, I've got to look at, at all of the options, and we've got, you know, another week left in the House of Commons. We even at the at the end of it, I'd said to uh, the House Leader, to the Liberals, can we have half an hour with him? Can he come for ten minutes and give uh, each of us, a, you know, maybe like the Conservatives a couple of rounds and the NDP around half an hour? With, with this public servant, let's be clear, this is a public servant. This is, this is somebody who is paid uh, by the taxpayer and he answers, uh, he, he answers to the government. But, but to all of us, they said no. So we're, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep asking because clearly Trudeau's trying to hide something. I got to ask you one more quick question. Is it fun to filibuster? I mean, you're eating uh, fast food in the middle of the night and you've got Nikki Ashton bringing her babies to the yeah. calm. I mean, is it fun? It must be fun, right? Well, but first of all, those babies are so adorable. They're yeah. beautiful, beautiful little, yeah. little, little twins. Um, you know what? The adrenaline and kind of the like, let's get them um, keeps you going for quite a while. It gets hard right around four, five, six a.m., that's when it get it gets hard. But I'll tell you, our our team was so strong. Um, they every single vote, they were cheering, they were clapping, they were. Our, our conservative caucus is very uh, upset about this. They're hearing from their constituents. So for me, that's what keeps keeps us going. And when you're doing the right thing, and like, like there are so many people in our country that work so hard for so many important things. We've got doctors, nurses, military, people who are walk, working through the night all the time. So uh, it's part of our job, and we're happy to do it. Bit of my chat yesterday there with Candace Bergen. She is the Tory government house leader in Ottawa. She's also the MP for Portage Liscar. I can tell you uh, today that uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has formally exonerated six First Nation chiefs who were executed more than 150 years ago by B.C.'s colonial government. A sixth chief was executed the following year in New Brunswick, uh, or in, sorry, in, in New Westminster. That was uh, uh, back in the 1860s. B.C. government apologized for the ex- executions in 1993, and now Prime Minister Trudeau has uh, stood up and done that on Parliament Hill. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Hal Anderson on CGOB.
Eva Kovacs, you have been here every day of Mark CFL Week. It has been fantastic, hasn't it? It's been incredible. The amount of access that the general public has to the players and then these future stars is really incredible. I mean, the players are walking around this venue just so casually and signing autographs and stuff. It's been great. And honestly, it's been a fabulous experience for a lot of the kids that are here too who maybe aren't aren't recognizing some of the big-name players, but there's so much hands-on stuff that they can do. There are so many activities. The interactive stuff is so cool. So many things. I mean, you can pretend you're a football player. You've got these great little video scenarios where you can be a superstar. You can be drafted where you get your own little jersey that has your name on it. I mean, it really is an incredible event. And the global green screen, that has been a big hit. And I was just saying to my wife, Jackie, how good you are with people. You know, instead of just snapping the picture, you got to go get everything just perfect. You're fantastic. Aw, that's so sweet. You know what? It's so fun. Mm -hmm. These people get a chance to take this picture home, right? It's emailed to them. It's a great little keepsake. And it reminds them of a fun day that they had. And it's really kind of neat because you actually get superimposed into a legit stadium as if you're on the field. So we got all the props, the hats, the balls, whatever else. And it's all about creating an experience for people, getting a chance to enjoy the day, enjoy the experience that they're having and and have fun. Well, it was nice spending a couple hours with you on a Sunday. It was awesome spending time with you here. Honestly, Hal, it's great because you got people walking up here. Hey, it's Hal Anderson. Some people saying that they specifically came here today. One guy looking for money. I don't know who he was. I don't know what that was all about. And Eva certainly has her fans too. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Eva. Thank you. The incomparable Eva Kovacs yesterday. I had a great uh, few hours over at Mark's CFL week at the RBC Convention Center for FanFest, final day of FanFest yesterday, and Eva was there. She's She is truly such a wonderful, genuine, kind person, and she's just great with people. People were there getting their uh, green screen pictures, and she was just great. The kids were loving her, and really a, a pleasure uh, to be on the same team with somebody like Eva Kovac. She is fantastic. Anyhow, it was a good time. Hope you had fun as well at Mark CFL Week. I know uh, we here at CGOB felt like it was great. And uh, now another city will get it. And, and hopefully they don't have to go through all the other CFL cities before we get it again because it really, really was uh, an amazing entire week. Mark's CFL Week in a Tip of the hat to the Bombers, too, for a, a great job with all the stuff that they had going on as part of the week. A um, couple things here uh, to wrap up this half hour. They had the March for Our Lives on the weekend. And one of the students from that Florida school where 17 people were killed by that gunman, uh, one of the students at that school is David Hogg, and he spoke to the people that gathered for the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. Take a listen. If you listen real close, you can hear the people in power shaking. They've gotten used to being protective of their position, chewing safety, the safety of inaction. Inaction is no longer safe. And to that we say, no more. 96 people. 96 people die every day from guns in our country, yet most representatives have no public stance on guns. And to that, we say no more. We are going to make this the voting issue. We are going to take this to every election, to every state, and every city. 
We're going to make sure the best people get in our elections to run, not as politicians, but as Americans. Because this, this is not cutting it. When people try to suppress your vote, and there are people who stand against you because you're too young, we say no more. When politicians say that your voice doesn't matter because the NRA owns them, we say no more. When politicians send their thoughts and prayers with no action, we say no more. And to those politicians supported by the NRA that allow the continued slaughter of our children and our future, I say get your resumes ready. David Hogg, one of the uh, students, one of the very vocal students that survived that tragic shooting at that high school in Parkland, Florida. And uh, I'll tell you, these kids are impressive. They really are. Um, Just doing a great job keeping this in the forefront, and that's where it needs to be if there's going to be change to uh, uh, gun laws in the United States. Absolutely. Did you watch Stormy Daniels last night on 60 Minutes? I did. I'll be honest with you. I watched. We didn't learn a whole lot, not that much new from her during her interview with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes last night. I put together a couple of highlights here for you. Take a listen. You were 27. He was 60. Were you physically attracted to him? No. Not at all? No. Did you want to have sex with him? No. But I didn't, I didn't say no. I'm not a victim. I'm not... It was yeah. entirely consensual. Oh, yes. A guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, it's a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. I think the fact that I didn't even negotiate, I just quickly said yes to this very, you know, strict contract and what most people will agree with me, extremely low number, is all the proof I need. I felt intimidated and honestly bullied and I didn't know what to do. And so I signed it even though I had repeatedly expressed that I wouldn't break the agreement, but I was not comfortable lying. How do we know you're telling the truth? Uh, Because I have no reason to lie. I'm opening myself up for, you know, possible danger and definitely a whole lot of There you go, Stormy Daniels with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes last night. I don't know if you saw the uh, interview with the Playboy Playmate that claims uh, she had a, a thing with Donald Trump uh, on CNN. They, Anders, I think it was Anderson talked to her too on, uh, or no, or maybe it was uh, Jake Tapper. But I thought that one uh, was much more damaging for Trump. This one got a lot more attention, but I thought that uh, interview was much more damaging. Listen, none of it's good if you're Trump. Um. I, I, I don't think there's much more you can say about it. That's what she had to say on 60 Minutes last night. We are going to take a break. The good news is I get to move back into the big studio. Yay, I'll be able to see you face-to-face, uh, TFJ. In just a few moments, I'll be able to be back in my regular spot. It's weird how, uh, like, just imagine if somebody said to you, oh, you're going to go to work today, and, and when you're at work today, you're going to do your job, your normal job, in a different place, and it just it throws you off. So I'm kind of glad that we're going to be back into the uh, 
big studio after the news here at three. And you know how, just to, to interject real quick, it's funny. Where are from, you? Where are you? Yeah, exactly. Well, there you are. For, yeah. From my perspective, when you're kind of leaning back and just talking right into the microphone, sometimes yeah. I can only see your nose. Yes. And that's the <laughs> that's the only way I can tell that, oh, how still in the studio. Great. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, I... Jeez, I didn't think my nose was that prominent, but maybe it is. Uh, So we're going to break here. Uh, Savannah Pierce is going to bring you the 3 o'clock global news. And when we come back, I'll be back in the big studio. Yay, for the final hour of the show. It is Hal Anderson on CJOB. Yes! And I feel good! Because I'm back in my regular room. Oh, man. I can see Savannah, and I can see... TFJ, I can see Tristan Field-Jones, I have windows, I actually have two windows, and we have beautiful uh, new deckling all around the room here. Wow, I feel good. I feel good. Uh, even though it's Monday. Uh, Monday. But I will tell you, that ended abruptly. Oh, because it's Monday, gotcha. Okay, I get it. I <laughs> I get it. Uh, keep it going, though, because you know what? We should be excited. The Jets last night... Clinched the playoff spot. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm going to rattle off some clips here, okay? Let's start with Coach Paul Maurice. Listen. The idea was to be incrementally better at everything, and I think that's the key. There there wouldn't be a piece to our game that's not as good as, is not better than it was last year, right? We're goaltending, our team defensive play, our special teams for sure. Um, We finished seventh in goal scoring last year. We're going to finish ahead of that this year, so... All, all parts of our game have gotten better. Coach Maurice, here is Blake Wheeler. Really, really, really proud of our group. You know, uh, a lot of um, uncertainty coming into the year, you know, where we're going to be. Um, I don't think many people thought we were going to uh, be where we're at, you know, uh, playoff team. Um, but it's, uh, you know, every every single guy in here uh, has had a huge part in that. And uh, that's a, it's a big moment for our for our team. And, for our organization, we're, uh, we're we're pretty excited. And one more clip here, Mr. Brian Little. Uh, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's it's been a long time coming. I think uh, you know everyone's been patiently waiting for this group to kind of you know live up to our expectations. And you know, we got a lot of good young players that everyone was patient with, and it's starting to uh, pay off. I mean, we got uh, a lot of talented guys in here, um, and a lot of good group of guys. So. I think it's uh, it's really exciting, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Does it feel different? Yeah, I mean, last time I think we clinched on a loss um, in Colorado, so it was kind of a strange feeling. And and we're kind of battling, you know, for the last month and a half of the season just to just to you know scrape in. And uh, you know, this time it's nice to have uh, some games left to, to prepare and get ready, knowing that we're going to be playing for longer longer season. Yeah, we're all excited. Uh, Jets clinch a playoff spot. Now if they can nail down uh, second in the central, that would be be fantastic. If the playoffs were to be held now, you know, today or tomorrow or, or whatever, um, we would have a home ice advantage against Colorado or Minnesota. I'm kind of hoping for the wild, to be honest with you, because there's a nice rivalry there, you know. you got a nice rivalry going uh, with the uh, Minnesota wild. So I played a clip. Uh, before the news at three there of Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes last night. And then I heard uh, Savannah mention in the news that the ratings for her appearance on 60 Minutes, I think 22 million people tuned in and, and watched on 60 Minutes. 
That's, uh, you know, that kind of number rivals the Oscars. That's a lot of people. Probably the biggest non-sports crowd of the week watching TV last night. Watched Stormy Daniels get interviewed by Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes. And I just saw a new poll. 63% of people believe the women. 63% of people believe Stormy Daniels, and they believe uh, the Playboy Playmate. Is it McDougal? I think it's McDougal. Uh, they believe the women. 63% believe the women over uh, over Trump. So that is uh, kind of interesting, and I don't think that's a, that's a big surprise. Uh, what else did I want to get in here? Final hour of the show. Uh, I'm happy about being back in the studio here because things feel normal again now. Oh, uh, the Junos last night. The Junos on uh, on TV last night. There were a couple of highlights. There was some funny stuff there with uh, Michael Buble. I like Michael Buble. Actually, I've said this before. Michael Buble, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And I've seen some uh, pretty good rock shows and stuff, but Michael Buble is just likable. He's got a great sense of humor. Really uh, like his uh, singing. Very good. Uh, he did a great job. He announced last night at the uh, Junos that his wife uh, is pregnant again with their third child, so that's cool. Uh, they got uh, Bare Naked Ladies back together, which is sort of interesting. Uh, what else? Oh, I, there was a comment from uh, Buffy St. Marie that I thought was sort of interesting, timely and interesting. Take a listen. It's time for change. It's time for women to be recognized for our accomplishments and our value to this industry. It's time for a far greater awareness of what women have done and what we're capable of doing. We need to build a foundation upon which we can support an environment that actually encourages success for women as engineers, as producers, as artists and writers, inventors and providers of new music because it's not here yet. We need to be at the forefront and to advocate and be the catalyst for change and now's the time to do it. From the bottom to the top of the music industry, we need to create better and safer world for the next generation of women. The honored uh, Gord Downey last night at the Junos. As uh, Juno award shows go, not a bad show last night at the Junos. Let's take a break here. 3.13, coming up on quarter after three. We're going to see how the drive home is going. It's early on in the drive home. We'll check traffic and weather details coming up too. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Yeah, four degrees outside right now. And uh, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, was on earlier, early in the show, talking about the weather. It's going to cool off later in the week. Actually, I'll tell you what, uh, after the news at 3.30, I will replay some of that conversation with my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. All right? We'll, uh, we'll do that after the news at 3.30. Right now, let's do this. It's March 26th, the greatest day ever. 
On the 26th of March, 1973, tech pioneer Larry Page was born. He's best known as the co-founder of Google. And if you don't believe me, just Yahoo it. Have a great March 26th, the greatest day ever. <laughs> just Yahoo it, that's funny. A new survey, by the way, speaking of the Internet and Facebook and Google and all that kind of stuff, a new survey has found three in four Canadians who use Facebook say they will change how they use the online platform because of the Cambridge Analytical Analytica data scandal, but the Angus Reid Institute poll has found that's just one of several factors leading Canadians to have a lesser opinion of Facebook. Executive Director Shachi Curl says nearly three-quarters of Canadian Facebook users say they'll make some changes with how they interact with the online platform, while others say they'll take a business-as-usual approach. The more you're in it, the more likely you are to feel more positively or less worried or concerned about what's going on. The further away you are from usage of Facebook, the more negatively you feel. But that said, across the board, whether you're a daily user or someone who uses it very occasionally, everybody's opinion of Facebook has worsened in the last month. Curl says the Institute conducted the two-part survey before and after the scandal with more than 3,000 participants in total. Michelle Morton, Global News. And so far, no comment from Facebook. I mentioned this earlier. I'll tell you again that today is Legal Assistance Day. It's Live Long and Prosper Day. Leonard Nimoy was born on this day. It's Make Up Your Own Holiday Day, Spinach Day, and Purple Day today. Uh, A couple interesting uh, things today in history. I mentioned Leonard Nimoy born on this day. It was 1931. That's when he was born. That's why it's uh, uh, Live Long and Prosper Day. Uh, 1973, The Young and the Restless debuted on television in 1973. Wow, still a big YNR fan. 1977, Rich Girl by Daryl Hall and John Oates peaked at number one. This song here peaked at number one in 1983. And I remember it well. I was working. It was my second year of college. I went to a two-year program, kind of like Creative Communications over at Red River College. And it was my second year, my entire second year of college, I worked at a radio station called CJOC. One letter off from this one. Interesting. And this song peaked at number one, and I played it just about every shift I was on CJOC. John Anderson and Swingin'. Yeah, we'll take a bit of this. Sure. 1983. So I called her on the phone I walked over to her house And this was going on Her brother was on the sofa Eating chocolate pie Her mama was in the kitchen Cutting chicken up to fry And daddy was in the backyard Rolling up her garden hose I was on the porch with Charlotte Feeling love down to my toes And we were swinging Yeah, we'll take a little bit of that We'll leave that in the background, uh uh, TFJ, you can leave that in the background. I like that song. 1986, Geffen Records signs Guns N' Roses in 86 on this day. Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson, number one on this day in 88. 
1997, 39 dead bodies of the Heaven's Gate cult are found. Remember that? Yeah. 2002, A New Day Has Come by Celine Dion is released. Jan Berry of Jan and Dean died in 2004 on this day at the age of 62. 2010, Dennis Hopper got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And in 2013, Ariana Grande's first single, The Way, is released. She's only been around since 2013. We'll take John Anderson till we break here for sports and global news on CJOB. Now Charlotte, she's a darling. She's the apple of my eye. Oh, and I'm on the swing with her. She makes me almost high. Charlotte is my lover. She has been since the spring. I just can't believe it started on a front porch in a swing. Just a swing. 